Midnight Syndicate. For more dark instrumental music like it, visit www.midnightsyndicate.com or find them on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or Alexa. True crime stories are discussed in this podcast, which may contain graphic and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Freshly Brewed Noir. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Summer. And this is episode 39, and we're covering vampires. We are in anticipation of Halloween. I know, it's been a minute. It has. <laughs> but I'm glad we're back in the studio recording again. I'm glad we're covering vampires, too, because I actually used to write little vampire love stories when I was a teenager. You didn't tell me this? <laughs> what? I know, I'm ashamed to say that I did. And I Do would you still actually, have them? No, this is back when I had Hotmail, and I can't even get back into that email <laughs> anymore. But I saved them into drafts because... I didn't want my mom to, like, read my story. <laughs> Your vampire erotica. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. know this about you. It's, you know, it's just, Steamy. I've changed. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've grown from this. But, um, Into what, werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> I did love Twilight. I'm also ashamed to say that, but. You're Team Edward? No, I was definitely Team Jacob. Oh. But I did like, you know, the vampire story. You okay. know, after the movies came out, I. It kind of ruined it for me, I think. You liked the books? Yes. Books are usually better. The um, the movies were a little bit cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm glad we're covering it. Very excited. Yeah, we're going to get into a lot of information about vampires. I thought it would be a good episode, so we'll post it um, the weekend of Halloween. Perfect. And to celebrate Halloween, you already went to Netherworld. Yes, I did. And I survived. No injuries? No injuries this time. Although one of the girls we took actually got scraped by the chainsaw they do at the, the end. The chainsaw? Yeah. So they take the blade off, but it's still an active working chainsaw. And I guess it rubbed up against her arm. And so she has like this rash <laughs> from it. Oh my gosh. I yeah. would have been so mad. <laughs> yeah. They do a really good job at Netherworld. I I never like it, but I promised Wyatt that I would do it. And so there you go, Wyatt, two years in a row. <laughs> Is there going to be a third? I don't know, Wyatt. They're made up <laughs> <of> a third. <laughs> Glad that you wore your armor. You came back safely. I did, yes. No collateral damage. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. And I quit one of my jobs. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. More your, time for fun things. To your new journey. I love <laughs> that. journey, yes. So just one full-time job and podcasting and fun things. So you finally only have one job. Yes. It's so nice. Like like most people, probably. <laughs> Instead of 20. Yeah. So it's a good feeling. I'm really excited. I'm so excited for you, too, because... Mm -hmm. I know that uh, this will free up a lot of time for you. Yes. Like today, for instance, we did, what, three TikToks? Yes. In our costumes. Oh, my gosh. You guys, you have to check out our costumes. <laughs> it's so cute. Check out Instagram and TikTok. So we did Daphne and Velma, of course. Scooby-Doo. We had to do it one year. Yeah. It was very easy, except... Yeah. <laughs> That quarantine wait, I was not expecting to. <laughs> we were both wondering how it would turn out. But you know what? They turned out great. Yeah. We're happy with it. We made it work. Yep. It's just all about angles. <laughs> angles and 
sucking it in. Yeah. Savage sucking it in. Is that what you call it? (laughs) I called it savage sucking in. Yeah. (laughs) And it worked. We love them. So check it out. Yeah. Speaking of sucking it in, actually, (laughs) now that we say that. That's right. Talking about blood sucking creatures. Okay. So let's get into the history of the word vampire first and when it was first recorded. So most of us have heard the word vampire before. At least anyone listening to this podcast probably has since we cover strange folklore at times. But the word vampire is a borrowed term from the German vampir, which also was borrowed from the early 18th century Serbian word vampir, which I will not even try to butcher. I'm not going to attempt it. Come on now. No, no, no. Or even the Hungarian vampir. Vampir was the name that was used for vampire. Serbian and Hungarian forms have parallels in basically all Slavic languages. Mayo Lampier was the oldest recorded Bosnian vampire. Lampier meaning vampire. The etymology is uncertain, but it might come from the root for to fly. The word upir as a term for the word vampire was first found in written form in 1047 in a letter to a Novgorodian prince referring to him as upir lichil or lichil. Ooh, lichil would be kind of cool if that's how it's really pronounced, but I'm not sure. What does this mean? It means a wicked vampire. So he was telling the prince he was a wicked vampire. Was this meaning known? Like, did he know, like, what he was calling him? Right, he did. Yes, because vampire was a term that was used back then. So tales of vampiric beings were also found in ancient Roman times along the inhabitants of Eastern Europe. Romania is surrounded by Slavic countries, so it makes sense that Romanian and Slavic vampires are very similar. Romanian vampires are called strigoi, I believe, (laughs) that's how you pronounce it, which is based on the ancient Greek term strix for screech owl. So strix means screech owl, which also became known to mean demon or witch. So there was multiple meanings for that word. Okay. And maybe that's where they got like the bat like screeching yes. and like turning into a vampire. Absolutely. Okay. So now let's go into vampires in ancient culture and myths. Pretty much every culture around the world has some tale about the dead craving blood. In ancient Sumerian mythology, the blood-sucking Akira is found, and vampire-like spirits called Lulu are mentioned in early Babylonian demonology. And this was funny. The name Lilith is derived from Lou, which made me think of the character on Frasier. Did you ever watch Frasier? Um, sparingly. Or Cheers. Do you remember Cheers? I did not watch Cheers. Okay. Well, he had a wife named Lilith. Her skin was very pale. She almost had a vampire-like quality to her. And I wonder if that was purposeful oh, from the writers. Yeah. 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 Stories of the Vitaha. No. I must just say Vitaha. I'm enjoying the struggle with pronunciations. Vitaha. I know, because it's usually you. <laughs> it's usually me on the other side. <laughs> it looks like it's Vitala. So, stories of the Vitala from India, originally written in Sanskrit, which describes an undead spirit who hangs upside down on trees in cemeteries and can inhabit or animate dead bodies. In Chinese mythology, the Vitala is similar, except that it consumes the victim's life essence rather than blood. Ancient Egypt has the tale of a goddess named Sekhmet who became bloodthirsty after slaughtering humans and was only satisfied after drinking alcohol that was colored like blood. So wine. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Or like a Bloody Mary, maybe. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Anything. In Greek mythology, Odysseus meets shades that are lured to the blood of freshly sacrificed rams. 
Later on in the 12th century, English historians like Walter Mapp and William Newberg recorded accounts of revenants that definitely sound similar to East European vampires since they are animated corpses revived from death to haunt the living. Until the 19th century, vampires in Europe were described as hideous monsters that arose from the grave. It was thought that a vampire could arise from the bodies of criminals, evil sorcerers, or a victim of a cruel or violent death. But however you come across a vampire legend, it probably got its very beginning in Slavic beliefs. Most European and Romanian vampire stories have Slavic origins. If a baby was born with a call, which is a membrane covering its face, they were considered to be a vampire. And I looked it up because I want to show you, and I think you're going to be very grossed out about this. This is a cowl? A call. I think it closed it out, but here... So a call is a membrane over a baby's head. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's literally like they have a um, little astronaut helmet on. Helmet, except it's like attached to them. Yes. And it looks somewhat webbed in some of the pictures. Like, see right there? Like veiny. Also, if they were you can born. can be born a vampire? Yes. Slavic beliefs. Yes. I thought they were supposed to rise from the dead. Well, later on, things change as far as the mythology. But I see. Like the original origins of it, you could be born a vampire if you had that membrane covering your face, or if you were born with teeth, a tail, or had been conceived on certain days, or you were improperly buried. This just sounds like something from back in the day. It does, doesn't it? Like tails and membranes. <laughs> <laughs> But there is something where it's not common, but I think a baby can be born with some teeth. Do they have to be like fangs or just regular teeth? No, any teeth. Oh. Yeah. Because they're not supposed to come with teeth. Right. <laughs> that comes later. But if they're born with teeth, they could be a vampire. Okay. So what would they do with these babies? So say they were born with the membrane. They would take the membrane off before the baby could eat any of it or get any in its mouth. And they felt like that may save them from their vampiric future, I guess. What is that membrane filled with? Are Vampire we- essence? <laughs> According to the lore, maybe. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. So there was a, a possibility of saving them. They believe. Right. Okay. Some of the things they would do to protect themselves from vampires is they would place a crucifix in the coffin. You have something similar hanging on your door right now from your mother. Oh my gosh, yes. I came to your house and (laughs) opened up the screen and there was, it looked like a bracelet dangling on the door, but it had a cross and what, some other things? (laughs) Yes. My mom, she likes to, you know, make sure I'm safe so she'll watch my camera sometimes. (laughs) And uh, she sees these orbs. So she already she, thinks it's haunted or something, right? Right. <laughs> Which we're fine with because that's great for the podcast if there is. And, you know, it seems like a peaceful ghost right now. Yeah. There's been no, no disturbances, know, right? Nothing yeah. harmful. But my mom, she's very superstitious. And so she was like, you need to put holy water <laughs> and <laughs> here, put this on your door to guard you from all the bad spirits. And, and Jennifer so, said, okay, whatever. I said, just for your peace of mind, I will do this. Being a good daughter. Yeah. But I don't know if it's doing anything. Like it's just for home decor. I'm going to take it when I leave. And then when she comes over and freaks out, let me know. <laughs> Where is the protection I gave you? You are not protected. <laughs> Summer is not your friend. I know. 
So they would place a crucifix in the coffin. They would nail the clothes to the coffin walls or put sawdust in the coffin because there was a belief that vampires liked to count every grain of sawdust. And so by placing a pile of sawdust in the coffin, the vampire would wake up at night and see the sawdust and want to count every little piece. And by the time they were done counting, it's the day and they have to be dead again. This makes a lot of sense. what you're saying is... If you encounter a vampire, make sure you have your sawdust to distract it because it's going to want to count it. Absolutely. (laughs) Which right now, I mean, we have tons of sawdust in your house from the electrical work that's being done on Uh the floor. So we're good. I mean. We're covered. We have protection. Yeah. Have a little thing of sawdust in your pocket. Just sprinkle it on the floor. Be gone. And you'll be like, what? (laughs) Maybe that's how the count got his... It's a vampire. Yeah. Because he liked to count things. So apparently vampires like to count. I never put that together. I did not know it would be sawdust, though. That seems like that takes a lot of time. This was Slavic time. You know, this was in. When they had nothing to do. (laughs) Except farm (laughs) and count sawdust. (laughs) (laughs) Grains. I don't know. Had nothing but time. Yes. So they would also pierce the body with thorns or stakes. And it was thought that the only way to kill a vampire was a wooden stake through the heart, cutting off their head, burning the body, repeating a funeral service, sprinkling holy water on the body, or through an exorcism. What about with the garlic? Doesn't that come into play? Oh, the garlic comes into play. So churches would pass around garlic cloves. And if a member did not eat theirs, they were thought to be a vampire. Does this make any sense? You're saying vampires are awake at night. They're the undead. They rise at the night. So if you're going to a service during the day and you don't want to eat garlic. Maybe you just don't want bad breath. Right. Why would you be a vampire? Because they can't even be around in the daylight. It made no sense. I mean, yeah, all of this kind of, you know, contradictory. (laughs) Yes. And I guess that was the belief as far as other Slavic monsters is that they just were afraid of garlic and they liked counting any little grain sawdust. So they have nothing but time and they don't like garlic. flavorful food. <laughs> you add garlic to everything. Like, what right. do you mean? <laughs> and the townspeople would rub garlic over their cattle. Imagine how delicious that whole place smelled. Everything smelled like garlic. I guess to keep the vampires away. <laughs> they believed that you could know a vampire is in the area by the death of any cattle, sheep, a relative or neighbor. So basically the life cycle, if somebody died, there could be a vampire around. <laughs> Not that they're just sick and no. like maybe or a wild know. animal got them. Or so. No, it's, it's probably a vampire. It's a sign of a vampire. Okay. Yes. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> or when an exhumed body showed lifelike qualities, such as new growth of the fingernails or hair or the body swelling up or blood on the mouth and red blotches on the face. Now, we know the fingernails and hair grow slightly after death, but it's the process of, what's it called? Where it... Regenerating? Not regenerating. After you die, the cells in your nails and your hair can still come out temporarily. Yeah, I don't know what that's called, though. I forget what it's called, but now that we know it's not some mythological creature coming back to life, it's just science. And then bodies can swell up after they're dead. Right. And then if they bury bodies in the winter, we know that if they're frozen, they're going to retain their shape a lot longer and not decompose. A lot of this was just not being familiar with science. Well, this was back in the 1000s. (laughs) (laughs) The ancient times, Jennifer. Yes. (laughs) The 1000s. (laughs) (laughs) An official time period, the (laughs) 1000s. The most 
famous Serbian vampire was Sava Savanovic, who was written about in a folklore-inspired novel, Milovan Glisic. Romanian vampires were very similar to Slavic ones, but had some variations. Vampires could be born from many of the same similar situations we mentioned in Slavic myth, and also if they were born with extra hair, born too early, had an extra nipple. Had an extra nipple? (laughs) (laughs) It happens. (laughs) I believe it. Or get this, the seventh child of the same sex in a family. The seventh Seventh child. So if a woman has seven boys, that seventh one is probably a vampire. Or if she had seven girls, that seventh one is automatically a vampire. What makes the seventh so special? Well, it's not special. It's bad. It's scary to them. If you're rolling the dice and it's XY, 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 once you get to the seventh one, okay, it's a vampire. This is just population control at that that point crazy like okay you guys are having too many kids so cut it off at the seventh one i think that's insane oh and if a black cat crossed the mother's path during pregnancy she could have a vampire or if the expectant mother was looked at by a witch or another vampire or didn't eat salt while she was pregnant all of these things could result in a vampire baby What's so confusing about this is humans are having vampire babies. Absolutely. (laughs) You saw the membrane. I showed you the pictures. But where are you getting these vampire genetics? (laughs) I guess from the 1000s period. (laughs) (laughs) I swear back in the 1000s. It's some crazy things going on. (laughs) Romanians had different types of vampires. One type being a live witch who will become a vampire after death and can send out... I know. Webcam. Why are you trying to access my webcam? Oh, it could be your ghost. Yes. Okay. I want to come on screen. (laughs) (laughs) I want to show you a vampire right now. (laughs) Sorry, we just had to block the webcam. So Romanians had different types of vampires, one type being a live witch who will become a vampire after death and can send out her soul in the evening to meet with other witches or vampires and return to suck the blood of family, livestock, or neighbors. I guess depending on whatever she was thirsty for. So witches can also turn into vampires. Oh, absolutely. You know, the women in that era, they got all the bad. You can be a witch or a vampire. Yeah, you could be both. Yep. If you weren't a witch, you're probably a vampire. (laughs) If you are a witch, you could also be a vampire. (laughs) So we were probably one of those as well back in the day. Oh, yeah. We were definitely (laughs) all of the above. above. (laughs) Another type of vampire was more closely related to a wolf and would later branch off into the werewolf. So now the werewolves are coming into play. They are, but they branched off into their own thing. Yeah. Okay. They were like, we want our own mythology, please. But it came from the vampire. So this is where Twilight started, the origins of Twilight. Mm -hmm. It sure did. Okay. Back in the 1000s. (laughs) (laughs) Slavic lore brought us here. Okay, so now we're going to talk about vampire attributes and how to spot one. So membranes. If they're born with it, but if they're not, let's talk about that. Fangs. Fangs. If you, if you wear a cape. <laughs> no, it wasn't that obvious then. Mm-mm. Okay. That was in the 1900s, maybe. The capes came in. Possibly. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's learn about this. So vampires were usually first noticed by their behavior. Anyone that threw things around the house, attacked family or livestock. <laughs> so anyone who has an anger problem. Yes. <laughs> anger management issues. You were probably a vampire. <laughs> Having a bad day. Yep, you probably you could have a, just had a bad day. Threw that coffee on the ground. Yeah. And- 
I spill my coffee all the time. What if that would be oh. mistaken for her ankle? Look at her. She's clumsy, throwing things around. Vampire. Definitely a vampire. A witch vampire, for sure. <laughs> they were believed to be the most active on the eve of St. George's Day, which is either April 22nd or May 4th, depending on which calendar they followed. This is the night when it was thought that all forms of evil were present and up to no good. St. George's Day is still celebrated in Europe, but on April 23rd. And it's like a happy celebration. I don't know if they really know what they're still celebrating. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like Halloween. Uh, probably, yeah. Because ours sense. have those roots too. That's true. Yeah. You could also tell if a vampire was on the loose by holes dug up in the earth over the grave. An undecomposed corpse or having one foot in the corner of the coffin was also the sign of a vampire. So if you just move your leg over. Yeah, restless leg syndrome, I guess. Yeah, and it's vampire. Yep, vampire. Or if you're trying to get out of the ground because the fingers poking out. Well, you're out. definitely a vampire if you're trying to get out of the ground. Yeah. Or a zombie. Zombies came from vampires. Yeah. That's what it sounds like, yeah. but. I would think so. Okay. I mean, apparently anything the undead. can be anything now, yeah, like, which is can be vampires, and then vampires can also be werewolves. And <laughs> <laughs> Everything came from the vampire, though. Okay. Living vampires were identified by whether or not they would eat garlic in church, as we mentioned earlier. To protect yourself from a vampire, you had to do certain things, so... You had to carefully prepare dead bodies, which included preventing animals from passing over a corpse, placing thorny wild rose branches in the grave with the body, and placing garlic on windows and rubbing it on your cattle, especially on St. George's Day. So just rub garlic on everything. Everything. Even live cattle. Tell me, they smell tasty. <laughs> I mean, you would think that would, I don't know. Like, are you, like, that attracts me. Are you seasoning this meat? It's pre, already like, pre-seasoned, yes. Very early. <laughs> now, to destroy a vampire, once you recognize one, a stake must be driven through the body, followed by decapitation and placing garlic in the mouth. So, stake to the heart, yes. decapitation, mm -hmm. slice off the head, and yeah. then... Put some garlic in there. Yep. Shove some garlic in the mouth. Yeah. And they would always try and stake them to something. So it wasn't just driving a stake through the body. It was staking them into their coffin, into the ground. So it's like, not only am I driving this through your body, but now it's in the ground and you can't move or it's stuck in your coffin. And people no are movement. actually doing this to real people. Yes. Yes. We'll get into that. Once the 19th century arrived, they would also shoot a bullet through the coffin. For vampires that just wouldn't die with all of the previously mentioned methods, the body would be dismembered and the pieces burned, mixed with water, and given to the family members as a cure. So, Excuse you're mad, <laughs> listen, you're mad that the vampires are drinking blood around town, you kill them, and you chop them up, and then you drink their blood and body parts. Does that make any sense? I don't think so. That doesn't make you a vampire. That cures you? Yes, that protects you from them by doing the thing that you said they shouldn't do. All right. This sounds okay. like human nature. It does. <laughs> In northern India, traditional Romani beliefs include the idea that the dead soul enters the world similar to ours, but that there is no death and the soul stays close to the body and will want to come back. When it does come back, it drinks the blood of the person who wronged them, caused their death, or kept their belongings instead of destroying them. When somebody passed away, you had to destroy their belongings. You couldn't pass them on. Like, there was no... Set giving them. them to a family member. So you set fire to them. Whatever. Okay. Somehow get rid of them. Destroying them. Right. You couldn't keep them because if you did, 
they would come back for you. These beliefs. <laughs> Roma legends really added to the story of the vampire and seemed to influence arguably the most popular vampire in history, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker used the attributes of vampires not having a soul and the reflection not being seen in a mirror in his book, which is still used to this day, but was not found in many of the older cultures. Oh, so he kind of created that. Yeah, so I found that interesting. Yeah. And also, they believed that female vampires could return and lead a normal life and even marry, but would exhaust the husband. <laughs> so all of the blood sucking. I, women are just exhausting, but we know. I okay. mean, that's been the narrative this whole time, right? Right. <laughs> These damn women. We're Can just, we get a break? We're exhausting. Jeez. They also believe that anyone with a hideous appearance or missing a finger or with appendages similar to those of an animal or vampires. Again, the tail, stuff like that. Do people really, like, are they born with tails? There's something where the tailbone protrudes a little bit and so it sticks out. And then to them, it would have looked like a tail. Like they didn't know about this stuff back then. In the 1000s. So is this person just <laughs> out with their tail? Like, Well, it's not like sticking out, but I think like the anatomy looked different. And so that looked kind of like they had a tail. So this must have been when they were born, because I can't yes. imagine like people know this person has a tail if they're just, just like in society. Just drop your drawers. Let me see. I don't think they did that, but it was probably those were more like the babies that were born. Okay. So yeah. this is how they different would get anatomy rid of or the something. Babies. Or they would let it live and just keep a close eye on it. No, that's... Yeah. If it had fangs too, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a vampire baby. Mm -hmm. Also, any person that died while nobody was looking was probably a vampire. <laughs> Someone that died well, well, nobody no one was, is looking? If you don't have a witness to your death, you're in trouble. You're a vampire. So somebody had to see you actually die. I'm sure people had heart attacks and things back then or accidents. If somebody came across you and you were just dead, you could be a vampire. <laughs> Jennifer's face. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of that face. <laughs> so when I guess when you whoever finds this person, they have to like put a stake through them. Oh, they were getting staked. They were probably getting beheaded when they were buried in the coffin. They were putting rose thorn bushes in there. All the precautions. So you find double your, funerals. Mm -hmm. Find your grandpa. Just oh no, Gramps. Okay, we gotta cut off his head now. <laughs> Get the garlic ready. <laughs> Get the garlic ready. <laughs> oh, I used it all on the cows. I don't have any more. Oh, you'll love this. Plants, animals, or even farm tools could become vampires. <laughs> You mean inanimate objects could be <laughs> yes, vampires? Absolutely. And plants. I mean, we have like the Venus flytrap, right? That kind of yeah. like traps them, but mm -hmm. that's not like a vampiric no. type of plant. But you know, it is a pumpkin. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> there is such a thing as the vampire pumpkin. What they believed is mm. pumpkins or melons kept in the house too long would start to move, make noises, or show blood. And this is how it worked. The potential vampire is activated when a pumpkin is kept for more than 10 days or if it was left out during a full moon. After the 10th day, the pumpkin would start making growling noises or would develop red blood-like splotches on the outside. Now, a vampire pumpkin cannot harm a person since it doesn't have actual teeth, but having one around absorbs psychic energy from those nearby, and if someone is already suffering from low energy... Damn it, I would be in such trouble. <laughs> a vampire pumpkin could cause them some real damage, although it's a slow process. 
So it's just sucking your energy away. Sucking, I need to check my house for vampire pumpkins. Maybe that's been my problem all along. <laughs> that's true. Could, that could solve a lot of people's problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So a pumpkin. Yeah, but not every pumpkin. So just like not every corpse becomes a vampire, not every pumpkin becomes a vampire pumpkin. Just Only if it has like those red splotches left out in the full moon. What's wrong with the full moon? I, I mean, just- that's where all the bad stuff happens at night under the full moon. You know this. Okay. We work for the courts. Well, I did. You did. <laughs> and yeah. we know full moon will bring out some interesting energy. characters and energy. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There's something to it. Okay. So yeah, it was just like luck of the draw, I guess. Whether it's going to be a vampire pumpkin. I just feel like these people had too much time on their hands. <sighs> that was a scary time in the 1000s. <laughs> <They> just, <laughs> just figure out, like, this thing is taking all my energy. <laughs> it's obviously a vampire. I'm just glad I have answers now as to why I've had low energy recently. I'm just going to find the vampire pumpkins hiding in my house and get rid of them. The science. Yep. That's been your issue the whole time. <laughs> okay. This is a great segue into vampirism. Vampirism is the practice of drinking blood from either a person or animal. In folklore, the term refers to a belief that one can gain supernatural powers by drinking human blood. It may also be considered a less common form of cannibalism since a person is consuming another's blood and even flesh during the bite. In zoology and botany, the term vampirism refers to mosquitoes, leeches, and vampire bats, although they rarely drink human blood. That's not true, that they go around sucking human blood. Right. And don't humans use leeches anyway? Like, wasn't that like a healing process kind of thing? So it's... yeah. Really, you know, the humans. We're promoting vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Any other organism that will prey on bodily fluids or of other creatures has that classification. The term also spills over into legendary creatures like chupacabra. The chupacabra was first reported in Puerto Rico as early as the 1970s. It is said that it attacks and drinks the blood of livestock. The Spanish pronunciation literally means goat sucker, chupar to suck, and cabra goat. Sightings have spread over the years all the way up to Maine in the U.S. and even over in the Philippines and Russia. Oh, my country, my homeland. people. Did you ever see one when you visited? No, I've never seen a chupacabra. But you may have become a vampire over there because you were in the hospital. That's true. Yeah, and you had a very strange hospital stay. They also do have like these huge bats there that kind of look like, um, you know, vampire little bats? vampires. Yeah, they're oh. huge and they like hang from upside down. They're scary. I bet. I mean, they're supposed to be like harmless, but I'm sure they are. They look like what these vampire they turn things you into are a supposed vampire. to be. <laughs> <laughs> now the sightings in the U.S. have basically been debunked and verified as canids that have mange. So wild dogs or even raccoons with mange. So are you saying chupacabras are not real? Mm, they're not real. No. Oh. Do you believe in it? I mean, I don't know much lore about them, so I wasn't a big believer. But uh, <laughs> I can believe we have some, some dogs with I some think mange. It's, I think it's definitely wild dogs. And you've seen raccoons. They can be savage without mange. So I'm sure a rabid raccoon. Yeah. That could freak somebody out. Yeah. I mean, you know, we like to watch the, the nice videos of the raccoons. I know, but when people are hugging them and stuff. It's sweet. Yeah, but, you know, we know the reality of the raccoons. <laughs> if I see a raccoon in my trash can, I'm not even let it, trying. Let it be. <laughs> let it do its thing. All right, let's get into the Eastern European vampire controversy. Oh, we're going back to the Eastern European times. Here we go again with Eastern Europe. All right. I hope that our, you know, our women 
are not prosecuted. They're already suffering. And so we're just going to throw something else (laughs) onto them. Okay. All right. In the late 17th and 18th centuries, vampires appeared in Eastern European folklore. These stories form the basis of the vampire legend we know today. And the stories that reached into Germany and England were embellished and are still popular to this day. A story out of what is now Croatia in 1672 of a local man that was believed to have become a vampire after dying in 1656 is talked about in several articles. Local villagers claimed he returned from the dead and began drinking the blood of townspeople and sexually harassing his widow. And this was, he was a vampire? He was a vampire, yeah. Yeah, he sounds like a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) There's live ones like this, yeah. (laughs) The village leader ordered a stake to be driven through his heart and then later his corpse was also beheaded. In the 1700s, there were essays devoted to the subject of vampires, where it would be described that when digging up graves, it was noticed that some corpses had devoured their own limbs and or the fabric inside of their coffins. Devoured their own limbs? Their own limbs. Yeah, and I wonder if that's maybe a wild animal got to the body before it was fully buried. That sounds more logical. I would think, yeah. And then the fabric, I, I can't explain that. Maybe when the animal was taking off pieces of, from the body and just caught some of the fabric. That makes more sense yeah. to me. We'll probably go with that. <laughs> yes. A general treatise on vampirism was written in 1733 by Johann Christoph Herrenberg and cited local cases and events. During the 18th century, sightings of vampires were rampant in Eastern Europe with many grave diggings and stakings to identify and kill any would-be revenants. Even the government officials helped to hunt and kill vampires. So this is real. This is real. <laughs> the real laws about vampires. And it was during the Age of Enlightenment. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll look, I have well right after that. <laughs> it's like you're reading my notes, not even reading them. <laughs> um, so while other folklore legends were being dismissed, the belief in vampires was actually increasing. How strange. They're like, no, you can't take away our belief for witches and things. So vampires, yes, that's what we're going to hold on to. There's still something that we can go around and kill people needlessly for. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's just that's what it sounds like. Or We don't have a legal reason. But we still need something to just kill people that we don't want around. Vampires. Mm -hmm. There it is. Anything that's strange, you're going to be a vampire now because we can't call you a witch. This caused mass hysteria throughout most of Europe. It appears that the panic started in East Prussia in 1721 with an outbreak of alleged vampire attacks. This news spread to other parts of the country. One account was of Milos, an ex-soldier turned farmer who allegedly was attacked by a vampire like many years before, died while he was haying, just doing some farm work. And then died. Maybe a yeah, heart attack. After his death. Right. But nobody saw him when he died. So after his death, people began to die in the surrounding area. And it was widely believed that Milos had returned to prey on the neighbors. <laughs> Government officials would examine the bodies and wrote case reports and published books regarding the events throughout Europe. Did they have like puncture wounds? You know how this goes. Same I with do. the witches, Unfortunately. right? Here we go. We'll create evidence if we need to. But there you go. <laughs> it's the narrative. The 18th century vampire controversy went on for a generation, causing many rural communities to dig up the graves of their dead relatives and stake them. In Austria, 
The craze finally stopped when Empress Maria Theresa sent her personal physician to investigate the claims of these vampiric entities. He concluded that vampires did not really exist, <laughs> and so the Empress then passed laws prohibiting the opening of the graves and desecration of bodies. Other European countries followed suit, so this ended the vampire epidemics. Despite this condemnation, the vampire lived on in artistic works and in local folklore in the area. But now I want to take you to the Americas. Let's go back to the Americas. Let's fly back. Because New England had quite the vampire craze. New England did. It sure did. So this was 200 years post-Salem witch trials. Farmers started to believe that their relatives were returning from the grave to feed on the living. You know how this is. They're like, oh, okay, nobody's a witch anymore, so let's... They're vampires now. Yep. There's always something new. So in, actually, 1990, some kids playing by a gravel mine found the first graves with skulls above ground. One kid took it home to show his parents. This was in Griswold, Connecticut. So the police first thought it was the work of a serial killer named Michael Ross. Later, they realized that the bones were over a century old, and an archaeologist named Nick Bellantoni determined that it was a colonial-era farm cemetery. The 29 unmarked plots were typical of those from the 1700s and 1800s. Many of the bodies were that of children, and so a lot of it looked very normal except for burial number four. Bellatoni noticed that it was one of the only two stone crypts in the cemetery. Bellatoni and his team ended up uncovering the remains of an old crypt with a red-painted coffin. So they opened up the crypt. They see this perfect set of skeletal feet laying at the bottom, just perfectly placed. And then he starts removing the rest of the flat stones on the roof of the coffin, and he noticed that the rest of the skeleton had been completely rearranged. It had been beheaded with the skull and thigh bones resting on top of the ribs and spine. So looking like a skull and crossbones motif. Oh, who did that? After examination of the bones, they determined that the injuries had occurred roughly five years after the death of this person. And someone had also smashed the coffin. The skeleton ended up being that of a 50-ish year old male from the 1830s. The archaeologist started reaching out to his colleagues and historians because he was baffled by what was done to this corpse. He had never seen anything like it before. So he was told by somebody that in 1854, one of the neighboring towns, Jewett City, the townspeople had exhumed several corpses suspected to be vampires attempting to rise from the grave to attack the living. So they would dig up the dead, grotesquely dismember them, remove their hearts to burn them, sometimes their liver as well, and then rebury them. Mm. These types of exhumations have been documented as far back as the late 1700s and as far west as Minnesota, but most were found in backwoods New England in the 1800s. Historians believe that the hysteria began from the savage tuberculosis outbreaks during that time. So some of the symptoms of tuberculosis, like the flushing of the face and they couldn't breathe and things like that, the aspiration, they didn't realize that that could be spread to each other. And it's a germ. They thought it was something mystical doing all this. And so they believed that like the vampire was infecting you. So if your relative died, they came back and bit you, then you had this horrible illness and it's really tuberculosis. <laughs> 
Mm. Well, I guess, you know, they didn't know that at that time. Yeah. They didn't have the science and the medical equipment to know that. So they looked to folklore and made up things to find answers when they didn't have any. That sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Was the reason that the guy's bones were in that kind of placement. Dismembered and stuff. Like, was it because someone dug him up? They dug him up thinking he was a vampire and beheaded him and then rearranged his bones. So that way he couldn't come back. Couldn't come back. There was even one, this was recently an article that showed a woman was buried and she was buried in a very nice proper grave and she had on a silk cap, which showed that maybe she was, you know, a respected member of society, but they put a sickle right across her neck. And that's because they believed if she were to wake up in the grave and be a vampire and try and get up, it would behead her. That's interesting. That's Recent? The grave was recently found, but it's obviously from a long time ago. But the skull was perfect. Everything was there. And she had the sickle over her neck. Wow. That just proves people really did believe these dead people were going to rise. So let's talk about real quickly some real life vampires. Real life vampires? Yes. Okay. Serial killers Peter Curtin, a German serial killer dubbed the Vampire of Dusseldorf, and Richard Trenton Chase, an American serial killer, cannibal, and necrophile who killed six people in one month in late 1977, early 1978 in Sacramento, California, was nicknamed the Vampire of Sacramento. Both were called vampires in the media after it was discovered they drank the blood of the people they murdered. So these may be some cases we should cover next year in October. I have heard of Peter Curtin. I don't think I've heard of the other guy. Like, he actually believed he was a vampire. He did, yes. Richard Trenton Chase, he was a cannibal and just gross. <laughs> Anything with cannibalism we know is just crazy. It's but, but yeah, self-proclaimed vampire. Mm-hmm. Isn't there like a um, reality show where people actually believe they are vampires? Yes. It's either on Netflix or Hulu. And this guy will pay people to come to his house. And he actually uses some type of uh, a medical tool. He sterilizes it and will put a puncture by their shoulder or neck. And he actually does suck their blood. And they're willing participants in this. So it's interesting that like... <laughs> it's like know. a blood donation. I don't know if it's the same thing. I, you know, <laughs> I don't, maybe, I don't think it's <laughs> not quite, it's that not way. quite like going to Red Cross, right? Don't think so. No. So the modern day vampires have much more sultry allure to them and are described as educated, mysterious immortals who seduce people. They have been romanticized in our culture and look very different from our vampires of the past. Yeah. Now they're just, you know, they can be, they're sexy. They never age yeah. and, And they're always attractive, right? So there's your vampire episode. What do you think? I can appreciate, you know, the vampire lore, even though I feel like it just was made up and was just used as an excuse to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) Eastern Europe. That was a scary place to be. It really was. They would come up with anything. And I didn't know that, like, inanimate objects and You didn't know about vampire pumpkins. I did not know about that. We know about that now. We need to be alert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, be aware. (laughs) You know, now it's funny how, like, they had, like, this dark past, and now they're just kind of, like, sexy people that, yeah. like, everybody wants. They've progressed. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that to us. Halloween spooky lore. It had the Halloween feel to it. So it was a good one. What's next. on for the next episode? Episode 40 is yours. Four zero. I think we're going to go with the UFOs. 
Okay, we're doing some fun episodes. I am like ready for some fun episodes. <laughs> I know it's we've had kind of a hiatus, but I'm glad we're coming back in with some fun episodes. And of course, we'll bring some true crime in there too. Oh yeah, definitely. We did a lot of serial killer episodes this year, so we're just sprinkling in some fun things. Yeah, especially like in October, we have mm -hmm. to. Yes, that's our fun month. Yeah. <laughs> and if they want to hear some more fun stuff for October, check out Eastern European Witch Trials. Yeah. And then you did the Eastern State Penitentiary. That's a good one, too. We did Mothman and Sleepy Hollow, too, mm -hmm. I think. So yeah. we did a lot of... Uh... <laughs> we have a lot of good things for October, so check out those episodes. Yeah. I hope you guys have a good Halloween. You know, we would love to see your costumes. What do you guys dress up as? Yeah. Send us pictures of your costumes. We love it. So ours will be on Instagram and TikTok. We'll definitely be posting ours. Yeah. They turned out great. I guess until next time. Stay caffeinated. Get hobbies. And don't murder people or no. bite them or don't suck their blood. Don't drink their blood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Watch out for those vampire pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs>